This is HMM correspondent Lavender. My pronouns are she, her, or hers. And it has come to our attention that one of our community members has suffered a family tragedy. He joins me now. Welcome to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Hi, thank you. My name is uh, Juan Pantaleon, and uh, thank you for letting me use this platform to get this message out. It's very important. Absolutely. And so for our listeners, what is that message? Yes, uh, I'd like today to tell you about Bernardo Pantaleon. He was my cousin. He was an openly proud gay man, a member of the LGBTQ community, who was targeted, tortured, murdered, mutilated, and then after the fact, they sent pictures to every single member of my family. This happened in Phoenix, Arizona, not but two months ago. 2023, going on 2024, members of the LGBTQ community are still being targeted through hate crimes. The reason you're hearing about this here in the Capital Region is because Maricopa County is refusing to charge with a hate crime. Now, hate crimes in Arizona are a lot like pepperoni on pizza, where they're added on after the fact. So what me and my family are doing is we are putting out a, a petition to help reform hate crime laws in Arizona. We demand that these men targeted, who targeted my cousin be charged with a hate crime and that they are persecuted to the maximum extent of the law. We understand that there's a huge LGBTQ community here in the capital region and all around the country. These things are happening. Not too long ago, what, but two years ago, the Tulip Queen here in Albany was uh, got death threats just for being a proud member of the LGBTQ community and winning a flower title. Not too long ago in Brooklyn, here in New York, a man was stabbed outside of a gas station for dancing to Beyonce. Homophobia is a huge problem still in the United States, still in 2024. My cousin was targeted, tortured, murdered, mutilated. This didn't happen in 1969, New York City, at the Stonewall riots. This didn't happen in 1973, New Orleans, the upstairs lounge shooting. This didn't happen in 1988, Pennsylvania, with the Mountain Man murders. This didn't happen in 1998, Wyoming, with Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard's birthday just passed, and if you look up Bernardo Pantaleon, you will see the eerie similarities to what happened to him and what happened to Matthew Shepard. There's so many other examples of this, and it's not mm -hmm. a surprise to me that they're not going to try to charge the hate crime because they don't want to stir up LGBTQ, LGBTQ causes right before their election season. This whole thing's trying to get brushed under the rug mm -hmm. and they're not going to bring attention to it. So if you're listening to this right now, please please sign the petition to help reform hate crime laws in Arizona. Wow. Uh, first, I, I want to say I'm, I'm so sorry that this happened to you and your family. Also, one thing to mention is I'm a bisexual woman, uh, and I recently married a woman. Uh, so I stepped up to do this interview. Thank you. Uh, so I stepped up to do this interview because I know you wanted to have this conversation with another member of the LGBTQ plus community. Why was that important to you? You understand. You know. You know exactly how, how many members of the LGBTQ community what you guys are going through. And the rest of us, we knew too, but we didn't know how serious it was. I want to apologize because this is until it hit my doorstep. I didn't really bring much attention to it. But all you got to do is do a quick Google and you can see this stuff happens every single day. And it was important for me to talk to a member of the LGBTQ community to let you know that you are seen. I want to let everybody else know out there that you are seen and that somebody is fighting for you. 
Thank you. So going back to your cousin, what other acts of discrimination did your cousin experience? Um, and did he experience discrimination in other parts of the U.S.? You mentioned that this happened in Arizona, was it? Yeah, no, he. Uh, this, this happened in Arizona. The other examples that I listed were just a, small examples of a long list of hate crimes, famous hate crimes that have happened towards the LGBTQ community around the country. Arizona being what it is, and uh, myself being a, a Latino man, I can tell you that there is a vast amount of homophobia within the Latino community. There's a vast amount of, of, of homophobia just within Arizona within itself. There's a, there's a, a gang culture there. And, and the guys who did kill my cousin, they were in a gang. But, and they're trying to put this off as a gang crime. But Bernardo wasn't in a gang. Bernardo was just proud out living himself. He just wanted to be a bad bee and, and do his lashes and do his nails. He just wanted to live his life. And he was killed for that. We were proud of him. We were very proud of him. I, I, I saw, I kept in contact with him over Facebook and Instagram. And every time I went out there and I saw him, I just, we, we were proud of him for living his truth. But unfortunately, and this is what we're coming to realize, is that's exactly what got him killed. And that shouldn't be something he should have to have been worried about. You mentioned that it didn't really hit you, this issue, until your cousin was targeted. And um, I feel like I hear that a lot uh, with allies, but it doesn't really hit them. Like it doesn't, they don't see the issue until it is directly related to them. How can we make it a, like a you problem if, if it's not directly a you problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really, I didn't even give it much thought until it affected me directly. And then I do the research and I realize this is happening everywhere. But this isn't just happening to members of our family. These people who are being targeted are our doctors and our nurses and our first responders and our grocery store clerks and our neighbors and our friends, there are so many people right now with everything that happened, they're just being scared back into the closet because of this. So what we need to do is we need to show them that it's safe out there, that we're gonna fight for them, that we're gonna be able to stand up for them. How do we do that? We push these stories. We push these stories. This, I've been, every day after work, making phone calls, sending emails, contacting news organizations, and a lot of these news organizations are starting to brush this under the rug. It's getting out of the news cycle. We need to push these stories. We need to use Instagram, use TikTok, use Facebook, use anything you can. Talk about this. I tried. I tried to get some sort of rally going in Albany, and, and it, it, it seemed to fall short because, I mean, people were like, oh, it's happening in Arizona, but Arizona's not going to be able to do anything unless they feel the pressure, which is why we need people to talk about this. We need people to share yeah. that petition. And you made a great point about, you know, these people being in our everyday lives, even if it's not your cousin or your sister or your uncle or your mom, you know, this is, like you said, your doctor's your cashiers like these people are we're here and we're part of life and you know we we affect everyone affects everybody i understand you have some statistics with you that you would like to share yeah it's a, just it was just a quick google search that in 2022 the fbi reported the highest number of anti-lgbtq hate crimes reported to date with more than 2,400 incidents, an increase of more than 32% from 2021 to 2022. 
anti-LGBTQ attacks made up 21% of hate crimes, with 4% of them based on gender identity, according to the FBI. The HRC said not all jurisdictions report their hate crime findings, and the FBI statistics don't include incidents that are not reported or bias incidents that are not defined legally as hate crimes. That means that it's not that these aren't happening. It's that the organizations that are taking them in aren't reporting them. That's a problem. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, very eye-opening. So Juan, were you close with your cousin? Absolutely. There's a term that exists within the Mexican culture called primo hermano, which just means, I mean, mm. if you say that in English, it means brother cousin. It's, it means that he was, he was more than a cousin. We, we, we grew up together. I mean. So do you know much about his experience uh, as a gay man, yeah. did, did you talk about that a lot? Absolutely, no. It was something I he was uh, me and my three cousins. We were the first people he ever came out to. We all it was me, him, my cousin Roman, my cousin Miguel and Ramiro, and that was our. We all grew up same age. You know, we had we're Mexican family, so my my grandma has thirty eight grandkids, and like yeah, <laughs> you should see Fina's face right now. Uh, my, we have thirty eight <laughs> grandkids, but us four or five of us. That was our core group. We all were in the same age group. We all went to the same schools together. We all, we all hung out together, got in the same crap together. And, and, and we always knew Bernie. We always knew Bernie was gay. We knew he was gay when, when he was five years old and he wanted to be the pink Power Ranger. We knew he was gay when, when, we, were play, <laughs> when we were playing wrestling and we were like, hey, man, what do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be China. And we're like, you could be Stone Cold. And he's like, no, I want to be Trish Stratus. And we're like, okay, cool. You be Trish Stratus, dude. So not, we didn't care. We knew. We knew when we went to his, his cheerleading practices to support him and we were being 14-year-old creeps and he was there working on his form. <laughs> he was there just nailing every single split he could. And we knew. So the night he came out to us and we were all sitting there, we got emotional and he said, guys, I want to tell you something. And we said, what, man? And he took a moment. He said, I'm gay. And we said, and? We know, <laughs> no crap, Trish Stratus. Like, we know. <laughs> like, we know. We've always known. And he just, like, we felt this weight come off to him. And after the next couple of years, we just watched him come out of his shell. We watched him, we watched him dress the way he wanted to dress and style the way he wanted to style, act the way he wanted to act. And and the the, the right. family was was accepting of it, and 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 we were proud of him for living his truth. But like I said, unfortunately, we know that that is the thing that got him killed. Right. I mean, I'm I'm very glad to hear you. Your family was supportive, but obviously, not everyone is, as no, we know. No. Were there times when uh, you perhaps witnessed some teasing or? Or more than that towards your cousin. Oh yeah, and he he didn't have any problem handling it. Like I said, Bernie was a tough guy. I remember uh, ninth grade, I was going to school out there. Some kid on the uh, bus called him a slur. He called him the f word, and Bernie beat the bricks off that kid. And Bernie like like UFC <laughs> just fought him because he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to live his truth. He wasn't. He wouldn't let anybody mess with him and that was one of the main things in my head that I keep coming back to I was like I didn't have to worry about him yeah you also talk about being a Mexican family and coming from this big 
family. I can relate to that. I'm the daughter of a Jamaican immigrant, no. and I also have a huge family, and uh, you know, I have lots of immigrant friends, and I get that dynamic. Can you talk a little bit about how that is related to this incident and how that's impacted the whole situation? A lot of my family, um, especially his, uh, his three younger siblings, who this is falling on right now, they spent most of their life coming back and forth between Mexico and the United States to where their education was halfway in between, and they don't really comprehend a lot of what's going on. They can't understand a lot of the words they're using. So it's fallen a lot on me and my one other cousin, Gazdelli, to really do a lot of the translation, to really a lot of this, explain a lot of this into layman's terms. And, and some of this, we, we're, we're still like, like trying to learn, like, like court terminology, but it's fallen a lot on our shoulders. And that adds on to the fact of being afraid to speak up because a lot of my family is still in the immigration process. They're going about it the legal way, but if they do anything to disrupt that, they could be targeted, they could be deported. And, and that's something that they're you know, very afraid of going through with this. My grandmother, who was, Bernardo was my grandmother's primary caregiver. He made sure he had, she had her medication. He made sure that, that she was taken care of every day. And now she, we're having to split up and, and, and the care between the aunts and, and, and a couple of the nieces, and that's fine. But she was most comfortable with Bernie. And now she's going without him. And He was a, a rock to a lot of the people in our family. He was a dreamer. He was here on dreamer status. He came here at, at one years old. With his dad came here to try to find a better life. And they did. Uh, when he was about 14, my aunt and my uncle, they were taken and deported. And so he had to drop out of high school in order to help raise his three younger siblings. He then became the primary caregiver to my grandmother. And he gave up a lot of his life to, to take care of them. And then as soon as he started living his own life, it got snuffed out way too quick. And we never got to see him in his, his final form of who he was truly destined to become. I'm curious, you know, we're talking about how this happens everywhere. And there's homophobia all across the country. There are, of course, these notions that some areas are worse than others. And you're up here in the Hudson Valley. Did your cousin ever come visit you in New York? And did he have a different experience here? Uh, he never came to visit. He was gonna. We planned on it. Actually, the only time his face ever saw Albany was when I was going around hanging up flyers with his face on it, talking about how he was murdered. And that really got to me. It really got to me. And um, I think the only thing really, because homophobia exists everywhere, everywhere. It's crazy. And, and the only difference between New York and states like Arizona is we have hate crime laws and we use them. They're so important because of that. Because if we damn this, if we damn these actions... These monsters will see repercussions to their actions. If there's no repercussions to their actions, as they are in Arizona, these things are going to continue to happen. It wasn't just Bernardo. It wasn't just Bernardo who was targeted. Osvaldo Hernandez Castillo was another gay man. They lured him and the same four men 
on a gay dating website, robbed him and murdered him. Still no hate crime charge. They, they're trying to give us a go. Oh, it's first degree murder. That's not good enough. That's not good enough because they could still try to fight that charge. And they are. They're trying to beat the death penalty. And also, if, it's, if we don't do the hate crime charge, it's completely robbing the identity of these men. It's completely disregarding the true nature of this crime. That's diet justice. You have a petition going. Can you talk more about this petition? Yeah, no, we're, we're a simple petition, just trying to reform hate crime laws in Arizona, trying to make it an actual law instead of an add-on. It's an aggravating charge is what the hate crime there is, which is how so many crimes get brushed under the rug because they, they don't submit the evidence, such as the evidence where these guys went online and said gays aren't welcome in the north side after the fact. And when the police interviewed them, they interviewed the main guy who murdered my cousin. He said, oh, yeah, he tried to uh, he tried to make a pass at me, so I killed him. They openly admitted that they killed him because he was gay. And yet we're being told that that is that the detective told me. I talked to the detective because I was listed as next of kin so that I can do a lot of the translation and everything. And I said, man, we need this hate crime charge. And he said, ah, you're preaching to the choir because I've told them that and I, we just don't think it's going to be enough. It's not enough that they admitted it. It's not enough that they went online and bragged about it. So when is it going to be enough? Do you feel that this should be escalated to a federal issue? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the Matthew Shepard law exists. And if we can get this to a federal issue, they can invoke the Matthew Shepard Act. And these guys can truly be charged with the crime that they deserve to be charged with. I think that every one of these crimes should be a federal issue. This is happening everywhere, not just in Arizona. I'm sorry if you mentioned this, but how long ago did this happen? Uh, November of 2023, just right, right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. This happened not two months ago. Are you finding it uh, difficult to, to, to get it out in the press? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There was the first rollout of just, okay, this happened. And then I, uh, I commented or I contacted uh, the, all the news organizations down there uh, with this hate crime petition the, the, uh, to reform hate crime laws. And only one of them, only one of them ran a story on it. I have called these people every single day, texted them every single day. When are you going to run that story on our petition? And nothing. Just speaks to the importance of local news shows like this one. Absolutely. <laughs> so in, as we're closing out, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to mention? Or is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners? I just wanted to say that uh, if you are a member of the LGBTQ community, or if you have a family member, or a, or a friend, or a neighbor that is, please speak up for them. Because nobody else is. And they are scared. And we need to show them that they, are, they, they don't need to be scared. And that we are here for them. Please do something. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Juan. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to discuss this very sensitive topic. And again, we're, we're so sorry for your loss. And we are, we are here to support you and your family. Bernardo Ponteleone was a bad bee. Say his name.